When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Face off to the right of Markstrom. It'll go to McDavid. Scores! Connor McDavid right off the faceoff. And the Oilers are up 3-2. And the Oilers win it 3-2. Connor McDavid with the game winner on the power play. 7-0-1 into the third. Dominic Cahoon and Ryan Nugent Hopkins also scored tonight. The Oilers two for five on the power play. They have won five out of seven against the Flames this season. And Mike Smith is now 13-3-1 on the year. He makes 24 saves tonight. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 946 Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, Loge Level at Rogers Place. Well, Rob, first of all, the special teams cashing in. They got a power play goal early in the second period that tied at 1-1 at the time, and then four seconds into a power play, Connor McDavid able to squeak one through Markstrom. Well, the one thing that we've seen with Connor this year, more so than in the past seasons, is his willingness to shoot the puck whenever he has a wide-open opportunity. And on that one there, I think it might have surprised Markstrom. Uh, normally off the face-off, when that puck bounces out there, you see Connor backhanded it back to either Barry or Nurse, whoever's on the point, and they get set up in their positioning. And I think that was one of the reasons it squeaked through. I don't think Markstrom was completely set on it. And McDavid, his wrist shot, he reminds me, Yarmo Jagger used to have one just like that, where you can't tell where it's coming from. It, it, it's so quick, so deceptive, you don't know when the puck is leaving the stick. And it was on and off a stick quickly. Markstrom has no chance. And if you, it's funny, when you watch the replay, you watch the Calgary Flame defenders, and they're all standing in the circle still looking up at the, the Jumbostron to see how that got in because it was so quick. But it, it's just more weapons that Connor has in his arsenal where he just continues to improve and show uh, how he's adapting to the game. Oh, you're going to take away my passes away? Well, I'm going to shoot more. And now, what is he, I think, second in the National Hockey League in goals. Uh, and he just continues to impress. And that was a big goal at a big time. Their power play has won them game, games in the past, and it did again tonight. And again, Mike Smith, I mean, what can you say? He's 13-3-1, th- he's like I said. His save percentage is right around 920. And some big saves tonight. And he, he just... There's there's something about him where you just feel that that next one, the back-breaking one, isn't going to go in. I mean, yeah, Calgary scored first tonight. Yeah, I mean, they they had some other opportunities. Sure, the Oilers sold out and blocked some shots, but he just makes the saves when he needs it, and he just seems to have that sense when the team needs a, a little energy. Sometimes, you know, he catches one and he'll give it that little flare with a glove, but yet he'll still give a defenseman a tap on their on their rear end, saying, oh, yeah, like, yeah, good good check in there, even though he got an open shot on me. Like, he's just, there's something there's something about him. He, he's been huge. He, he has. His battle and his compete level are contagious. Uh, most goaltenders, if you look at the, for example, in the other end at Markstrom, a very quiet type goaltender. At the end of the night, you don't really remember much of him. 
uh, where Mike Smith, it doesn't matter what the score is, 8-6 or 2-1, you remember plays that he made because he's demonstrative. Uh, tonight I started watching even more closely the number of times he came out to to stop the puck going around the boards. It It, it is unbelievable. Just comparing, now I don't know if Markstrom's good or bad playing the puck as a goaltender, but I know in this game it was like watching a National Hockey League player and a Junior B goal player on the other end. That's the difference between Mike Smith and Markstrom in ability to get out and stop rims. Uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, I don't know how many times he came out, and he stops pucks that are going 100 miles an hour around the glass. He gets his stick up, stops, and the puck drops dead. He turns back there, and now he's snapping the puck up. I don't, the Calgary Flames are a team, any Daryl Sutter coach team is a team that is based on their forecheck and their aggressive style and their physicality well you can't do those things if the puck gets stopped behind the net and it's coming back the other way so the the flames are at the top of the circle and the puck's already going past them so mike smith not only has to come up with the big saves but the, the fact that the Oilers never get hemmed in their own zone is largely on the, the back of Mike Smith there, too. So uh, I don't know if anyone would have expected that he would have the type of seasons he, he's having. But a big reason, a huge reason the Oilers are where they are in the standings is because of Mike Smith. Let's hear from Smith, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Hi, Mike. Uh, the players are expressing, you know, all the confidence they have in, in you as a goaltender. I wonder if you flip it around and, and just talk about what you saw there today. It looked like a playoff-style game where they fell behind a couple of times and, and kept their pool and, and found a way to grind one up. Yeah, absolutely. A commitment to winning. And uh, it takes everybody. It's not what a one-man show. It takes it takes your whole team. You're not going to win or go very far with uh, with one or two players. So I think it takes uh, it takes a group. Um, to be successful in this league and to, to have parity. Um, the guys did a tremendous job tonight just to hang with it and, and make sure that we're, you know, controlling what we can. And we, we, we got some big goals there and obviously a big one by Cap at the end there on the power and uh, gets us another two points, which is huge for a group. Uh, oh, uh, is it helpful to, to, I mean, Calgary was... They had a chance to maybe wiggle their way into it a little bit. Now you put them 12 points behind. You don't have to worry about them anymore. Is that uh, a factor into this? And you can just kind of worry about who's ahead instead of who's behind you? I mean, more about us. I think we just we didn't play as well as we wanted to in, in Montreal, and we wanted to rebound with a better effort tonight. And I thought right off the, the get-go we were we were humming pretty good and, and uh, you know, got behind a couple of times and were able to come back and get in the game and then, you know, push along and, and able to get the third one. But we've, you know, done a good job to, you know, separate ourselves from the pack a little bit. And we want to continue to do that and, you know, give teams kind of no hope that are out of the playoffs right now and looking in. So I think that's, you know, been a main focus of our group just to kind of keep pushing forward. And we want to be playing our best hockey going into the playoffs. And it's not a switch you can just turn off and on. So I think we want to continue to play well. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Hey, tell us about us media guys and hockey people talk about the goalie that doesn't let the next one in. You know, in a 2-2 in a game, you really got the feeling that three might be enough tonight and you just, you don't let the next one in. Is the goalies think that way or do we just think that way? You guys think a lot of ways that... <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. But... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously a mindset you have to have. I think it's, you know, when when the other team gets a lead, you, you obviously don't want it to get out of reach where you feel like your team can't come back in the game. And I think when you're just down a goal, 
obviously your team's still, you know, far from done. And, and I think that's, you know, one thing that's been exciting about our group this year is you feel like even when you're down maybe one or two goals, you're, you're, you know, you're just one shot away from getting back in the game. So I think, and we're capable of doing that. We've shown that. So I think our, our group knows that when we're down, we can come back. And we, when we have the lead, we can we can close games out. And you got to find, you know, we've talked about it all year. We got to find different ways to win hockey games, and we've been doing that all season long. And it's great for our confidence going into uh, the most important games. Your GM last summer went after Jacob Markstrom hard, didn't get him, signed you. And your numbers are crushing Markstrom this year. Uh, is that a personal thing for you, or is that just happenstance? Could care less. Okay. Ryan Rashog, TSN. Mike, this was supposed to be, you know, one of the most grueling parts of your guys' schedule. Obviously, it hasn't turned out that way. But it, it seems like maybe the grind has been a little bit more mental for your group with all the, the extra time you had on the trip. Now you've had another game canceled. How do you think your team is kind of dealing with that grind and, and kind of dancing around these curveballs that are getting thrown at you? I think every team has battled it at some time this year. So I think it's, uh, we've been lucky, obviously, that we haven't had anything until this point. And, um, you know, we knew going into the season that it was going to be a weird one and it was going to be, you know, there was going to be, some different points in the season when you don't really know what's going on so I think it's just some adversity that every team's got to deal with and um, you know there's going to be adversity going into the final games of the season and into the playoffs so I think that the more mentally sharp you can be and strong you can be it's only going to help out in the most important games. Yeah, I mean, every game that gets moved is obviously going to be a crunch somewhere down the road. So I guess is the focus just on really taking the rest when you can get it, taking advantage of a stretch where you don't have to play a ton of games because you know it's coming on the other end. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that's been talked about a little bit internally here that um, who knows how many games we're really going to have to play, um, you know, just judging by the schedule and how many games have been missed. So we want to make sure that we're, we're taking care of ourselves and getting the proper rest, but also playing, you know, important hockey games and with the uncertainty of kind of the number that's going to get get there by the end of the season we want to have as many wins accumulated as possible so i think it works both ways obviously we can't look too far ahead and worry about the games at the end of the season we got to worry about the ones that we can control and that's the next one so that's all we'll do dan on your bowman the athletic uh, mike did you see tonight's game as a you know the style of game the type of game that you're going to need to play in the playoffs to, to be successful yeah, I mean, I think you're seeing more and more of that. More, you know, the more teams we play here, um, you know, the standings are tightening up a little bit, and uh, you know, teams are, you know, the points are so important. So I think as you get closer to playoffs, the games become more important, and the style of play changes a little bit to tighter games. You know, probably the team that makes the most mistakes is is going to lose, and that's something we've been talking about, and make sure we're. Our minds are in the right place and we're we're playing the game the right way and one that we can sustain going into playoffs and and not just make the playoffs but make some noise in the playoffs so i think we're we're learning how to win the right way we're learning how to do the the little things it takes to be successful and be consistent and it's showing in our play and it's showing where we are in the standings thank you 
That is goaltender Mike Smith, who is also our fourth star of the game for Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual, your hockey destination. Make your reservation at mrmikes.ca. He backstops the Oilers to a 3-2 win over Calgary. Edmonton is now 23-14-1 on the season. We'll update the North Division standings for you here in a couple of minutes. I thought Smith was going to shoot that one. Did he <laughs> so stop behind it? He had time. He had time to launch it. I, I mean, I, I'm surprised no one asked him that because that's something that up here you're thinking, he's thinking about it. He's looking down there, and in all honesty, when the puck's on his stick, it's just as good a chance of getting out as there is anyone else in the defensive zone for the Oilers. So, yeah, I honestly thought he was. Maybe he looked up. I mean, I was looking at him, so I wasn't looking what was in his field of vision if he was worried that uh, there was two or three bodies in the way. But... Uh, I was hoping he was. I, I was like, come on, do it. Come on, Schmitty, you can do it. I don't know if, I'm not sure I've seen one live, a goalie scoring on it, uh, on the empty net. So it would have been kind of fun. So the Oilers take it 3-2, as we'll update the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Avalanche knock off the Blues 3-2. After two periods, the Coyotes and Ducks are tied at two. Early in the third, San Jose is up 2-0 on Los Angeles. The Capitals beat the Devils 2-1 in overtime. Orloff got the game winner. And the Maple Leafs get by the Jets 2-1 in a shootout. So... The North Division standings. Toronto has 51 points. Edmonton and Winnipeg both with 47. And Montreal with 41. But here's the interesting thing if we sort that by points percentage. Because Montreal has only played 33 games. Edmonton and the Jets have played 38. And Toronto has played 37. Toronto still leads. Mm -hmm. And comfortably. Yep. With fewer than 20 games to go in the season for most teams. They're, they have a 689 points percentage. That's a very good. That's a very good year they're having. Montreal's in second place mm-hmm. at 621, and Edmonton and Winnipeg are now both at 618. So you almost have a three-way tie for second. for second place when you go by points percentage. A slight, slight edge to Montreal. And I, even you tell, to be honest with you, Rob. And I'm not doing this to, to troll Calgary fans or, or, or anything because, it you know, there's been years it's been the other way around. Even if Calgary would have won this game, they're not going to the playoffs. No, I, we said that before the game. They're, they're, they've not put enough points in the bank. And the Montreal Canadiens, Montreal's got a good hockey club. Well, and obviously the point percentage, their second overall point percentage in this conference or in this division. Uh, the top four that you see right now are the top four that will be in the playoffs. It's just a matter of where they line up. In May, I, I was going to say May 6th or May 11th or May Whatever. 7th. We, we have don't know no idea when it's going to yeah. end, but those are the four playoff teams right now. Yeah, this is, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Edmonton and Montreal again on Monday. Monday. So Edmonton gets to go right back in, and, well, they can't do much worse than they did on Tuesday. So they'll, they'll do better. They'll, <laughs> obviously, they don't just want to do better. They, the, they, they want to they win. So it, it's, a, it's a tight four-team race for positioning. Again, Toronto has the, uh, is certainly the advantage to finish first. They're going to have to have uh, a tough goal. I know they still have games against the Canadians. The Oilers don't play them anymore. They have a few more against the Jets. So anyway, that's, that's the update there on the standings. You can get us on the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed professional-grade building materials, 780-496-0063. That's also the number to text. You can email insidesports at 630ched.com. We'll get to the phone lines. You'll hear from head coach Dave Tippett as well. Oilers take it 3-2. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. The goal scorers for the Oilers tonight, Nugent Hopkins, Cahoon, and McDavid. That means a 
$300 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates. Serious injury lawyers, they give 100 bucks every time the Oilers light the lamp. Edmonton beating Calgary tonight 3-2. It was Stone and Kachuk scoring for the Flames. Edmonton's record is now 23-14-1. Calgary drops to 16-19-3. can also tell you the Oil Kings won 9-2 over Red Deer after trailing 2 nothing, The Raptors won 130-77 over Golden State. And curling, Botcher, representing Team Canada, 8-5 over Japan. So they've started 2-0. Oh, good for them. The, I, well, you and I talked about the curling for at the Briar. They looked good. That kid is, he's a good, good curler. Yeah, well, we got to stop calling him a kid. Like they're, they're late 20s, early 30s. Everybody is a kid to me now. Well, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> having a birthday great. right away where now just about everyone in the world will be a kid to me. That's touching. Yeah, thank you. 7804960063. Robert is on the line. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Hey, guys. How's oh, it going? Sorry, is this Sir Robert? Yeah, it is. Because I knighted you last game. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I don't know. Are you guys are you, are you guys seeing what I'm seeing with uh, Smith? Like, uh, like, uh, am I the only one that's thinking that uh, that it's like it's, that, that like it seems to me every single game Smith looks looks better and better and more more and more confident in the net. I have, that's what I I have that thought. And then I would then I want to I want to touch on the power play a little bit after after I get your thoughts on Smith. Well, Smith's been excellent. He's uh, I don't know if anyone in the organization could have expected him to be this good. Uh, he is, his numbers are as good as almost anyone in the National Hockey League right now. And I agree with what Reed said earlier. Uh, when he's in net right now, you do not feel there's going to be a bad goal going in, and you don't feel that the other team's going to be able to extend the lead. You just, it's absolute complete confidence in him as a goalie right now. And it's not just us in the stands. Obviously, the bench is feeling the same way. He is having an excellent season. What was yeah. your other point, Robert? Uh, well, it's a little bit. It's a, it's a little bit to do with the power play. What was the power play tonight? What were we two for five? Two for five. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. Well, so what do, where does that? Uh, I guess I want to ask quick. Where does that put them percentage-wise after tonight? But I guess. But I guess. Uh, I guess uh, the other thing I want to say is it's like our power play. It seems. Like, it seems like. It seems like even uh, even even like for the most part, like even when we get power plays where we don't score, we we don't seem to lose momentum, with the exception of that that one earlier on in the game. But I mean, it's like uh, it's like it's like the power play. It's like to me, it, it feels like 95% of the time you feel like you you feel like they're going to score. Well, they're up to 26 and 26.4% uh, for the season. Yeah, appreciate the call. Uh, well, the uh, the first period one. They lost a little bit of momentum off of that one, and then they did give up a breakaway out of the penalty box to end one in the second period. But they got the goals they needed. I mean, you tie it up early in the period, and you get the game winner. And again, on that one, even watching from up top, Rob, for, it happened fast, but for a split second, I thought Kay Connors going back to the point. Oh, yeah. and, and his first four years in the league, or however many, he would have. Well, normally when you see that play where the puck comes there, he hits it with his backhand back to either Bear and... Or, or nurse, then he moves into his spot. Uh, but that's it's he continues to improve as a hockey player. The great one, it's funny, you, you never think the greatest players in the league are going to continue to work at their game to try to get better because they're already the best. But he, he decided he was going to be a better shooter. 
and he's going to shoot the puck more. I think the first couple of years, incredibly unselfish. I mean, he came in here with all the hoopla. I mean, this is the next great one, and, and you want to be unselfish to your teammates because you don't want to be thought of as different. So you want to come in there, and you're going to try to make your team look better. You're not going to be selfish. You're not going to take all the shots. Every time you get a two-on-one, you're going to move the puck. Uh, but now he's, because of what he has done and, and the respect that he has around the league and as well in his dressing room, he can do whatever he thinks is the right decision. And now you're seeing him shoot on two-on-ones. Didn't see that the first three years. You're seeing him shoot off a face-off there. And it just makes him a double threat. And I don't think Markstrom was ever set on that because there was no expectation that he was going to shoot the puck from there. And he beat him. So uh, their power play is lethal. And when you've got the two best players in the National Hockey League on that power play and you give them time and time again chances, they're going to make you pay. You can't give the Edmonton Oilers a power play in the third period with the game on the line. I'd bet my house most nights that they're going to win a hockey game with that power play. And again tonight, they got them the win. And I thought Yamamoto had a good game. I mean, he missed the couple of games before mm-hmm. the, the road trip and then the, the extended time off, obviously. Good setup to Cahoon. Great setup. I mean, he wasn't the only player that made a good pass nope. on that play, but he was one mm-hmm. of them. And then just driving the net to, to draw the interference penalty and four seconds later, pucks in the net. Yeah, no, he, they need him to be better. They need him to be where he was last year. And he's it's more up and down this year. Um, when you're a second year in the league, you don't surprise anyone. I think last year there was, I mean, there was no book on him. So all of a sudden, oh, I got time. Oh, wait, that guy's stick just took the puck off me. Or, or I mean, oh, he's just a little guy. I don't have to worry about Oh, he's a lot stronger on his feet than I expected. So now the players know him. And it's harder to surprise anyone. And that's why you have the sophomore jinx. It's, it, it's a little bit tougher the second time around. Uh, he's starting to get his feet going again. He's starting to get involved. He's starting to get aggressive. He's getting the forecheck going. The Edmonton and we've talked about it, they're not deep in top six players. They need Yamamoto to be able to be an anchor on that second line, yeah. to be able to, to, to be someone they can count on day in, day out with Leon Dreisaitl like he was last year. And he's starting to make those strides again. He was very, he was good in this game tonight. And that was a player with confidence making that pass to Kuhn on that, that goal. A lot of players, they're shoveling that puck into the goalie and hoping it finds a way through him. He waited, he had patience until the right moment, and then they threw it across. So it was, yes, an, a good game for Yamamoto. 3-2, the Oilers win it. Whenever they score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. Presented by Japanese Village Restaurants. Thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and takeout. Complete details, jvedmonton.ca. Well, here's a, here's a message we'll both enjoy, Rob. Hey, guys, just wondering if there are any trade rumors for the Oilers. Oh, my goodness. Well, it depends <laughs> Depends how seriously you take anything you can read online. I, I mean, look, we've seen some of the reports around Glenn Denning out of Detroit, Sutter out of Vancouver, Derek Ryan out of Calgary. That's someone Bob talked about before the game. I, I mean, you have to, you'd have to send another uh, a player out. Mm-hmm. Um, there has to be some money going out, given the way the Oilers are up against the cap. I, I think, you know, Holland, I'm, I'm sure he'd love to add some experience or some depth if somebody's going to take somebody off your hands. And I don't think it's going to be a big contract like James Neal or Koskinen or anybody like that. And I, and I don't think, I mean, we get asked about Taylor Hall every game on the text <laughs> line, whether we, whether we read them or not, because we could go down that road every, every game. But that's a lot of money to take on. And I don't think the Oilers are going to trade a first round pick and a bunch of contracts to try to get 
a rental at this point. No, I agree. And but the thing is, right now in the North Division, the four top teams, I didn't realize when you started saying how close Montreal is now that they're in second in point percentage, the, the four teams, they feel this is a year. Um, and whichever team can do the best at the trade deadline might have an advantage going into the playoffs. you got to think the Toronto Maple Leafs, this is the first time that they don't have to go through a Tampa or a Boston. Like this, if they're in Toronto, like this is our year. Well, Dubas really said it, though. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, like Holland hasn't no, indicated anything it, like that. Well, because Holland's seasoned. <laughs> and He's been around a while. He doesn't need to show his cards. He can just sit back and do what he does, and he's been doing it for years. But in Toronto, they're going to be all in, and, and, and rightfully so. Uh, this isn't the 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 tampa bay lightning or or the boston bruin division having said and then you look at winnipeg well here here's our our chance i mean we do have a really good team this year last year injuries in the playoffs really hurt us and and when a, a year that we thought we could go somewhere and we we flamed out against the flames this if they they're i they need a top four defenseman i think they're great up front they got a fantastic goaltender but i think their weakness is on the back end so they're going to look for a defenseman uh the montreal canadians uh, they're deep they got good goaltending they're strong on the back end maybe one more player up front they can put put the puck in the net and then the edmonton Oilers, they're looking for some depth in different positions they'd love a top six forward that's just a little harder to find yeah and i and i know that's uh, that's what they need i mean that's one of the big weaknesses on the team I, I just don't know how you get that when, when you're up against the cap like like they are well yeah you're right it's because it, the the guy that you want is going to be expensive because right. he's making good money yeah uh, on an expiring contract usually but you don't have any money to spend so. and i know sometimes ethan bear's name pops up well you can look at current oilers and ex-oilers hello jeff petrie yeah about why you don't give up on younger defensemen no i see, yeah. especially a guy who's fighting back from a concussion Yep, no, I, Bears' game is getting better. The play he made tonight uh, on the Cahoon goal, that's what we saw last year with Bear, where he jumps up in the play, he makes aggressive plays, uh, he's got a good head for the game, understand, a good hockey IQ. That was a wonderful play right there. That's what the Oilers were missing for a part of the season with Bear. Hopefully he's making uh, strides in the right direction. Dave Tippett talked about the fact that they like where Bear's coming. And that's why they kept playing him, because they knew he could get back to where he needed to be, and he has been. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. Ethan Bear tonight didn't play a ton, plays 13-14, does get an assist. Thought he had a pretty solid game all around. Tough night in the face-off circle for the Oilers, except for one guy. Guess who were up? Was his name Leon? Leon Dreisaitl goes 11 out of 17. The rest of the Oilers won eight face-offs. <laughs> Connor McDavid was two for ten. Uh, Haas was three for nine. Jujar was three for seven. Cahoon took one and, and, and lost it. And that's what we were talking about before the game, and I know that you and Bob were talking about possibly Derek Ryan. The Oilers, when they're shorthanded in important situations, they have to trot Leon Dreisaitl out there over and over again because he's the only one they can trust to win a faceoff. Uh, in the course of a, a playoff series, if you, your best or your second best offensive player, your second line guy, your power play guy, if he has to continually go out to win faceoffs and then gets hemmed in when they're shorthanded, uh, that's tiring. Shorthanded situations tire the body. They need someone that can win faceoffs. Yeah. 
Rob in Capilano says uh, he likes Connor Garland. He would fit beneath the cap. The thing is, Arizona will want a first-rounder back. Yeah. I, like, I like Garland. I like Garland, yep. too. I don't know if i trade the first-rounder. And sure, it might be a mid-first-rounder if you have a good playoff run, then maybe it's... I mean, if you win the division, then it's going to be in the final four picks in, mm. the, in the first round. But Edmonton... Here's another thing. Edmonton has no picks. They don't have a second. They don't have a third. They don't have a fifth. They have a fourth. So right now, they have a first, a fourth, two in the sixth, and one in the seventh. Now, let's face it. Those final three picks are Hail Marys. And aren't going to get you anything at a trade deadline. Oh, no, of course. No, yeah. I'm not suggesting yeah, no, you, I, But, yeah. yeah. So, do you trade the first rounder and have one pick in the first 120 in a year where, again, you're a good team, but you're not a great team? Like you're not a, you're not in the top five of the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. Nope. No, I I've never liked. Well, you don't rentals. like trading. The I don't first like trading. Anyway, I think yeah. it's dumb. I mean, how many teams have gone on after trading a rental or trading a first round pick for a rental and had success? It, I mean, Garland, like a Garland hypothetically is obviously a much is a younger player. Yeah, is it, what's he on his contract? I got to double check what he's at. He had 39 points last season. Yeah, I mean, I would wouldn't consider him a great player. I think he's a good. He's player. about a half. He's about half a point per game. Yeah, which I mean, his stats are almost a little bit like Cahoon's coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. We don't want him anymore. No, just kidding. He is. A, he is. A, he's a. What I've noticed with him is he's a shoot first mentality. I remember watching him play. He does not look for other players on the ice. He is. Uh, he likes to shoot the puck. He's going to be an RFA after this year. So you'd so you'd have control over him. So you'd have you'd have to give up something significant because Arizona's saying, well, here's a player we've invested in. And yeah. Well, then I mean, we're just throwing that name out there. Why is I don't know if Arizona wants to get rid of him. Well, yeah. Good <laughs> point. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Scott says, "Hi guys. Not sure how it works, but it, could a team retain salary to make a trade fit better?" Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. We talked mm-hmm. about that. But again, then <laughs> if they're doing you a favor, you're going well, to not a favor, but that's a, that's part of the transaction. So now you, you you're going to get more. So if someone says, "Okay, we're going to keep say Taylor Hall, we're going to keep seventy percent of his salary to do you a favor, so you can have him." So we so, want three players yeah, instead yes, of one. Exactly. It, it's not it's not free. There, no. There's no friends in, in, in amongst the GMs. They're going to get what they can get from it. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I think it'll be a fun deadline. The one thing that you've seen now, it, it's almost like in all four divisions, the top three teams are more or less set. And then there's a battle for fourth for fourth spot between one or two teams. Yeah. Other than in the North Division, where I think the four teams are set, and now it's just a matter of positioning for the for the top four teams and the other three teams just trying to save face the rest of the season. Okay, this is the last trade text I'm going to read tonight because we could we could do this all night. This person says, "Hey guys, why not trade Nugent Hopkins for goaltender John Gibson? He's a number one goaltender. Um, to that texture, Anaheim would laugh Ken Holland off the phone. Yes. And Rob and I like Nugent Hopkins and recognize that if he wasn't an oiler, you'd lose a very versatile player. Yes. But a number one goaltender is still relatively young is worth a lot more than than Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Oh, without any and First doubt. of all, I don't care how bad Anaheim is or might be in the future. You're not getting better unless you have Great the goaltending. backbone in yeah. net. Yeah. So that's not someone I would trade unless you got another John Gibson in the pipeline. And I don't know every goaltender the the Ducks have in their system. Wait, but so, like, you, that's that's absolutely not happening. No, it's not. And going the other side of it, you trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins. This is a team that only has 
really four and a half first line players top six players you trade him away now you're down to leon and connor and now you're really hoping that yamamoto and puliarvi like puliarvi's gone cold like he is he's gone cold over the last six to eight games yeah so without nugent hopkins now okay you you would actually have to play leon and connor together the rest of the season you would have no choice and then you would have second third and fourth lines that would struggle to score goals all right, we'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Mike standing by, who's also going to finish the play this evening. Hey, Mike, go ahead. Hey, Reed. So uh, it seems like this year when we get up against Calgary Flames, we're the 90 Chicago Bulls. we got the big suits on and go in and take care of business. <laughs> I like that reference. Yeah, five out of seven now against Calgary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Calgary and Ottawa seem to be teams that... Uh, we're, we're matching up well against and Toronto's the one that has their number a little bit, and I guess Montreal a little bit too. But uh, Mike, Mike Smith is really uh, in a groove right now, and uh, it was good to see him get up after Barry hit him there. Um, yeah. Right on. Okay, we're going to finish the play with you. You already have a Hungry Herd premium sampler box. Hungry Herd, top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices, Alberta owned and operated. Angie, what have you cooked up? Back in the right corner. Anderson will get it back to the point. Hannafin across to Bennett. He'll let it go. Saved by Smith. He covered it up. Lucic is parked right in front of him. I don't know how he saw it, but he made the save. All right. There's a save by uh, Mike Smith, who uh, now has how many wins on the season? Seven or 13? Uh, 13. Absolutely. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. The Oilers win it 3-2 over the Calgary Flames. So Edmonton 23-14-1. They are 12, uh, pardon me, 13-8 at home. Actually, the Oilers have now won seven straight at home. That's good because this was at times a, a place that the Oilers struggled to put long streaks together. Actually, right now, it doesn't matter where the Oilers play. They're playing well right now. You could put They could have a, a neutral site game in Siberia, and I think they'd have a good chance of winning right now. The Edmonton Oilers are a good hockey club that is playing good hockey. All right, before we go back to the phones, let's go to the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Hey, Dave, um, this is a game that, you know, these tight, tight checking games, they didn't seem to be a ton of energy, but are these the type of games you need to win to kind of be a playoff contender and get, when you get in the playoffs, win some of these playoff games like this? Well, tight games like this, we're concerned, you know, as a coach, you're concerned about coming home from a long trip and, uh, you know, lots of stuff going on around uh, with the game canceled tomorrow, so you're concerned about how your team's going to compete. And I thought we come out, we played real well early in the in the first period, um, had pretty good energy, and then it was just it was just a tight game, a battle. We gave up a few more chances than I'd like in the second, but third period was just a, it was kind of a game in the trenches. We knew they were going to be a desperate team. They uh, they uh, need every point they can get right now. So I would like the way our guys hung in there in the third, and we. We got a couple on the power play and found a way to win. So it's uh, it's a good win before we go back on the road again. And how important was it not to go down two goals? Like you went down one, you went down two, one, but, but you still, Mike Smith, some big saves for you there. Yeah, he made he some did. big saves. It's, it's you know, we felt like we were playing all right. We gave up we gave up the one on a kind of a screenshot, that, uh, but we, were, we felt like we were getting some chances. So 
it's good to see our power play get us back even. And then, you know, once you once you get it even again, it feels like it, you, you're moving the right direction. So it's uh, it was a tight game, you know. Both teams had some chances. We capitalized on a couple and were able to get the two points. Rob Trzkowski, Post Media. Hi, Dave. Uh, finding a way to win is a pretty important uh, ingredient in our hockey team as you get down the stretch here and into the playoffs. Uh, how do you see that developing uh, on your club? Is it, it seems to be getting stronger as the year goes on. Well, you need to, and you need to be able to win, you know, in different circumstances. There's times when you're... You know, your top players can do it, your power play can do it, your penalty kill can do it, your goaltender can find a way to hang in a game for you. So you just have to you have to recognize certain situations where uh, what gives you the best best chance of winning and and sometimes that can switch a little bit in the game even. You know, if you, you don't feel like you got the energy you need, you gotta play a certain way. If you feel like you're good and you're on your toes, you get going and push the issue. So there's different ways that our team is uh, you know, we talk about it and just recognize in situations where no matter what happens, we've got to find a way to win. And that's uh, we've been able to do that a number of times this year. So how would you assess the homestand? <laughs> short, <laughs> short homestand. Very short. I mean, I mean, give your guys credit, man. They've gone through a whole a lot of mental stuff, and they responded with a pretty strong game in a, in a game that meant a ton to Calgary. Yeah, I do. I give them a ton of credit because it's coming off that trip. It was uh, there wasn't a lot of energy in our group. I I felt that way. When we won that game in Toronto, we got on the plane and went back to Montreal. It was like everybody's looking at it like, where are we going? You know, because it's, uh, it's a game that was kind of thrown in there. So I'm glad we got back. We got a day's rest and, uh, and came out and got points. And we'll have, a, we'll have a rest day tomorrow and have a little practice before we leave for Montreal on, on Sunday and go back on the road again. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Dave, the goal that Cahoon scored, is that the kind of goal you want him to score? You, you said he had to get to the net a little bit more. Yeah. Is that the kind of goal you want him that's to a, score? That's about as close as you can get right there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, uh, that was a good play. Good play all the way around. We moved the puck up the ice. I think all five guys on the ice touched it. Bears, he made a really good play to get it to Yamamoto. And I like the way Cahoon drove to the net. So those are the ones you, you like to see a line score. Everybody contributes, and they find a way to put in the back of the net. And the goal that, that Connor scored on the power play, it, it looked like one of those ones where you, you win a face-off and then there's a bit of a scramble. It looked like two guys kind of went to chase on, and then Connor got the puck, and one of those ones where uh, maybe if you're the opposing team, you think, well, Connor will just skate around with it, get it back to the point, but it was a good play by Connor just to throw it at the net. Good play by Connor and good play by Chase. He kind of jammed everything up there because it, it wasn't a clean win. We, you know, we've got it set up where there's certain things that happen if it's not a clean win, and I'm fortunate the puck bounced right to uh, Connor, and he, he shot it quick before anybody could get to him, but Chaser did a good job in clogging that, uh, kind of clogging things up in front of him, so... It was, uh, hey, that's, when it's a winning goal, you'll take it any way you can get it. And uh, probably not the prettiest power play goal we've ever scored, but it counted. Brian Rashog, TSN. Dave, you talked about giving the group a break tomorrow. It's not that you've had to play a ton of games recently, but that was a really long road trip. And you say, it was, you know, talk about it being mentally taxing. How much are you as a staff right now talking about managing that end of this with your players right now energy yeah. you know mental energy and that sort of thing and now you've got another game canceled here so it's a it's a it's a big factor it's a real factor and what what we're trying to do you're trying to get enough enough uh 
practice time, enough, you know, downtime, enough where games are games are mentally taxing. And uh, if you just think about it, like every day before a game, we start talking about it. it's like a playoff game. It's a four-point game. So every game is like that. It's not, you're not going through the year and just kind of, you know, you're kind of jumping around from team to team and, and the games don't mean, I mean, they all mean some, but it's not, doesn't have the same meaning as they do this year when you're playing every game a division game. So that becomes mentally taxing. So we, we're trying to monitor our group as best we can and, and trying to make sure they get enough, not just physical rest, but mental rest. And that's, I think that's going to be a factor coming down the stretch because we talked about it after the game tonight. Who knows what's going to happen with our schedule now? You know, you, know, you just got to take whatever's in front of you, but you got to be ready to accept that challenge also. You guys, I'm sure you analyze the group closely, but how how much do you converse with the players to, you know, sort of get their take on where they're at? I don't know if that's the leadership group, maybe a little bit, but how much of it is is talking with them about where they're at as well? All, all the above, you know, like we had a talk after the game tonight. We want to skate once before we go on the road again. And, you know, we had a conversation with the group about is it better to take tomorrow off and skate early Sunday morning and go? And that's, I think... Mentally, that's that's an advantage for us. Just get the guys away for a day. They get to see their family because we're gone for another whole week here, you know? Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Dave, more of a tactical question. I've been noticing in your, in your second period in the long change, a lot of times you'll have the... Uh, um, the, you know, the left, when the right defenseman changes, the next left defenseman goes out first. So sometimes you'll have like a Jones with Nurse, and then yeah. when Nurse goes off, the right defenseman goes back out. Have you, your second period goals against are down this year a lot from the last few years? Has that been a part of it? Has that changed, do you find, and did you, or and maybe I missed it last year, but has no, that helped your team? No, we've done that. We've done that all along. Oh. We've done that all so along. That is Oilers head coach Dave Tippett speaking after his team beats the Calgary Flames 3-2. Okay, we'll get to Michael on the phone line in a couple of minutes here. we got to take a quick timeout for the news and weather. You can get us at 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Rogers Place, Friday night, the one-game homestand for the Edmonton Oilers. That was funny when Titch asked Tippett, <laughs> what, he, what he thought of the homestand, short indeed. So they're going to take tomorrow off, practice and fly on Sunday, and then they play the Canadians on uh, on Monday. 3-2 win tonight for the Oilers. 780-496-0063 is the certainty hotline. We have Michael who's called in. Hey, Michael, go ahead. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Good. Yeah, it's a good win uh, tonight. It's too bad uh, Toronto and Winnipeg's win into extra time because points are valuable and you know both teams got at least a point there but anyways uh the reason why i'm calling i was listening to a interview from uh i guess it was on a dfo rundown show by sarah valley and gregor they had hitchcock on and they were talking about uh rob and i'm just wondering rob if you've ever considered coaching <laughs> uh no after the, the hell i put all my coaches through i don't think that i think karma would come back and bite me um, uh, yeah, Hitchcock. He had a lot of good things to say, say about you, and he he thought you would have been a great coach. He was he was uh, giving you a lot of praise for that too. He th- thought you were pretty smart with the game, and that you would have been a a great coach. One of the questions was asked is which former player that you coached would have been a, a good coach, and your you, your name came up like 
in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, I, I've always had a good relationship with Hitch. Um, yeah. Outside of my father, he was the biggest influence on my career. I coached my son throughout his hockey uh, career. I've got a, I got a child with special needs, and a coaching nowadays, you have to put in a lot of time, and you oh, have to start see, at yeah. the bottom, move up, and I just didn't have the time for that. Not with oh, for sure. Yeah. Was. But uh, and. Uh, it's coaching is a stressful life, lifestyle. I enjoy yeah. being up here analyzing. This is way easier than coaching. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I did. I picked up a lot of good things from the coaches I, I played for, and I also learned things that you don't want to do. Is because I've had some other coaches that weren't quite as good. But yeah, no, Hitch. Hitch is a good man, and I've always. He's a good storyteller. He's a good guy to sit and listen to, whether yeah, on a yeah, podcast it was, it was or in a, a really bar. Good interview. So yeah. No, no, he's he's a good man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, okay, Michael. Well, thanks. Bye. But we should mention, Rob, you have done skills coaching, and no, you are, I do. and you and you do do instructing. Yep. No, I'm on the ice oh, nine times a day. I've got a hockey school in in Saint Albert that's going on right now. I work at three different academies. I do coach mentoring. No, I do lots of You're coaching. Three with academies. You. Three different academies. I didn't even know that. Yep. Uh, I'm at Santa Saint Francis Xavier in Edmonton, NAX in uh, Edmonton, Devon, and St. Albert Sports Academy. So I, I'm, I'm busy. I haven't gotten any faster. And it's, it's amazing. Uh, it used to dominate. They used to dominate the kids. Now, then it was like the grade 10s were getting better. Then it was the grade 8s. Now some of those grade 5s are really fast. <laughs> so I have to cheat. I play old rules. I play the clutch and grab. I get the corkscrew in with my stick. I don't believe in these new rules. They're, I'm, I'm, I'm old school hockey. Are there any uh, current prospects or junior kids that you worked with um well i i work with gunter when he was in nax yeah. i had maddie savoy when oh, he nice. was in st albert and at nax benning and, and carter savoy both in denver right now a couple of kids that we had ian mitchell uh who's playing for the chicago blackhawks yeah, was on the world junior team yeah. a couple years ago he's a st albert sports academy kid um matt benning who was with the others. He's a former St. Albert Sports Academy kid. So we've had some really good players go through our, our program. And it's fun. It's really fun watching a kid that you knew in grade four, grade five, grade six, now making a living playing hockey. It is really cool to uh, to see the experience that they get to have. Gunther is going to be drafted extremely high. He's good. And I had him as a bantam at NAX. And I'm like, okay, this kid, uh, he shoots like nobody I'd seen. And really? That was in, in, as a bantam. And I'm trying to teach him things. I'm like, okay, I'm watching what he's doing. Okay, how's he doing that? <laughs> no, he, he was good. He was smart. He worked hard and a fantastic young man. So it's good to see that he's having success. He's going to be a very good NHL hockey player. Yeah, and Gunther and the Oil Kings uh, winning 9-2 today over the Red Deer Rebels in case you missed that. And they'll play again tomorrow at the downtown community arena. Oilers win over the Flames 3-2. We have Prish standing by. Hi, Prish. Go ahead. Hey guys, first time calling into your show. Love listening to your show. Just a few thoughts on what you thought of um, Tujar Kara tonight and uh, what do you think the Oilers should do just to go into the, you know, when we know that they're going to make the playoffs to see what they're going to do to go far. Oh, geez, <laughs> to go far. <laughs> well, uh, Mike Smith, 935 play, uh, save percentage in the play. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that's to go far i mean like rob has been saying all the time you're gonna have to beat Toronto probably winnipeg. winnipeg or montreal in the in the first round and then probably toronto, in the, toronto in the second round so you're gonna have to have outstanding goaltending you're gonna have to 
be healthy. You're going to probably have to have a couple depth guys get hot at the right time, like, you know, Fernando and, yeah. you're gonna need you know, good, six. And you're going to need good bounce, good breaks. I think that the, the four teams that are going to be in the playoffs are very close. I think that uh, they're all going to try and get a little bit of advantage at the trade deadline. Um, you're going to need great goaltending, great goaltending. When teams are as tight as they are, whichever team has the better goaltending is usually going to go far. Right now, uh, Winnipeg's got the best track record in Hellebuck, who was a Vezina Trophy winner. Uh, the Oilers have got a goaltender that's as hot as any in the National Hockey League. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens have two good goaltenders, so they can uh, rotate if they want if, you, if you're playing back-to-back -back games. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're the one that's a wild card. Campbell's having a great year, and he's wrestled the number one job away from Anderson, but they got injury problems there. Anderson's not back skating yet, and Campbell's coming back from an injury, and they're being very cautious with them. So all the strengths that Toronto has, the one worry for them is is are they going to have healthy goaltending going into the playoffs? Jujar Kara played 11 and a half minutes. He was credited with three shots on goal, five hits. We mentioned he went three out of seven in the face-off circle. I, I, thought, I thought Jujar played fine. Um, he spent a little bit over a minute killing penalties, which was uh, big for the Oilers tonight. I, I mean, the thing with Kara is you, you want him to start the season better because yeah. that's been his hang-up pretty much every year mm -hmm. we've seen him. And now this isn't unique to him is, hey, we wish he scored more. No. But, of course, but, again, I think you're, the players in the bottom six, they, they sort of are who they are. Mm -hmm. So I, th I think I he's, he was he's fine. playing yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when you don't notice him, it's a good thing because it means he's, he's not hemmed in his own zone. He's not making big gaffes. He's not turning the puck over. Uh, he actually created... Uh, shorthanded, they got two good scoring chances out of a, a chance that he and That's right. Hopkins have. So, yeah, he's he's become a good, very good penalty killer. And I wondered on that play, and I know they wound up getting a chance when he went behind the net and centered it, but he was one-on-one -on -one against Kachuk. Yes. And forward back, and I thought, I wonder if Jujar, who's not known for his one-on-one -on -one moves, I thought, I wonder if he's going to try to take him because he's got a forward back. Yeah, I mean, most forwards, when you're uh, penalty killing, you know exactly where the forward is playing defense. Most teams have right. four forwards and a defenseman. So you you cheat to that side if you're coming offensively. You want to try the, the forward going backwards. But at that point, he it was late in his shift. And the last thing you want to do is try to beat a guy one-on-one, -on -one, turn the puck over, and now you're too tired to get back in the play. Right. So he made a good play and created scoring chances. Oilers win 3-2. Dominic Cahoon had a goal today. Here he is games where you find a way to win what did you like most about the way your team handled uh, three periods of uh, almost adversity i think it was what we what we were talking about it's uh so it's like a playoff game you know it was very tight and um i think uh the biggest thing what we were talking about was to outwork them and uh, i think we did a good job in that uh all four lines were going today all four lines were battling and uh that's what uh, brought us the win now you move 12 up on Calgary, which uh, essentially you pretty much wouldn't have to worry about them for the rest of the year. Is uh, How big a deal is it to just get a team out of your way and only worry about what's ahead of you and much less about what's behind you? Yeah, exactly. That was one thing we talked about too. It was like uh, we called it a game seven for Calgary. You know, they for them it's every game now game seven because they still want to come in. So it was huge for us to to get the two points and uh, that they didn't get one. So yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling, but uh, we have to keep going next week. Ryan Rashog, TSN. Hey, Dominic, we were talking to Dave Tippett about you, I think maybe yesterday, and he said one of the things that he was wanting to see from you was going to the net kind of hard. And 
look at the goal you scored tonight. You know, did you receive that message from your coach, and and how important is that for you? Um, I, I didn't receive it yesterday, but but I know that uh, that's that's one of the part what what I need to do more. And uh, yeah, I try to do that more and more. Uh, just just be net front a little more. And uh, yeah, on the goal, I, I just try to go harder. So it, it was a great play from the guys. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I mean, talk about passing it into the net when you can do it. It's pretty. Um, just how nice a play was that overall? Yeah, uh, it started with Bears. He made a nice play to to dry uh, to the to the blue line, and obviously we know how how good dry is, and he can make those plays. And he found Bersi back, and he made a nice play to to Yamo, and yeah, Yamo made an unbelievable play to me. So at the end, it wasn't uh, too hard for me, and uh, yeah, it needed to go in. Rob Pichkowski, Post Media. Hi, Dom. Uh, can you maybe just describe the confidence that you guys have in Mike Smith right now? Oh, he, he's, he's unbelievable. Uh, I think you can see that uh, every time if you make a mistake or if, if the opponents get a big chance, uh, we we know he's there and uh, he makes those big stops, uh, especially the one in the second period. I don't know who shot it there, but he made a big glove safe there. And uh, yeah, he's doing it uh, almost the whole season. So that's, uh, that's unbelievable to have a guy like that in it. Dominic Cahoon, sixth goal of the season tonight, helping the Oilers beat the Flames 3-2. Caleb Jones back in the lineup tonight, didn't play... A ton, Rob, plays eight and a half minutes. Yeah, he, he was fine in his minutes. Um, whenever you're a guy that's coming into the lineup on the third pairing, you don't have as much trust as some of the other defensemen, especially in a game that's tight. I didn't see anything that suggested that he shouldn't play much. But again, it's it's a coach having trust in the players that he has on the ice, and that's why and when you saw Bouchard, and when he gets in the lineup, he plays eight to ten minutes. Uh, Tippett has his four that he likes going hard with. He's got Bear, who uh, will get good minutes, but when this was a close game going down the stretch, he just didn't have the trust yet in Jones to be a guy out there in the last 8 to 12 minutes in a one-goal hockey game. Well, Nurse played 27-23, and Russell and Larson almost identical ice time. Russell 22-58, which is a lot for him, and mm-hmm. Larson played 22-52, so they leaned, Barry played 20 minutes, but they, they leaned pretty heavily on, on three guys tonight. Oilers over the Flames 3-2 at Rogers Place. Christian is on the line. Christian, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Robin Reed, how are you today? Good. Good, good. I'm um, just to kind of play devil's advocate. I know the Oilers beat Ottawa, you know, seven times, you know, 14 points there. But do you think we're strong enough to, if we do make it far, to beat teams like, you know, Vegas and Colorado and Minnesota and those guys? Well, what, 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 what do you think? If you're calling in like, to ask us, you I, must I have an opinion. Like, I just don't, like, I don't think we're big and strong. I know we're blessed with Connor and Leon, but everyone else, like, just looking at those teams are just they're big and strong like you look at a tampa bay and everything they're yeah. you know they're unbelievable right Just so let me ask you this one canadian team's going to make the final four which canadian right. team do you think has the best chance to win the cup honestly i'm not a toronto fan but toronto just they have so much balance i know they have problems in goaltending right now but um you know you know their their backups are doing well like you know Hutchinson and Campbell there so if they get Freddie back i mean they're going to be a, they're going to be tough if the Oilers make it through you know it's just being an like i'm an Oilers diehard fan but just it's tough to tough to think that we can get through Toronto i hope we do but uh you know they're they're looking pretty good yeah 
Thanks, Christian. Appreciate it. Okay, we're going to take one more time out. Uh, if you want to sneak in a phone call, we'll get you on. 780-496-0063. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Yeah, just uh, just a reminder about the, about the playoffs. As we had a caller saying, well, what if they got to get this team, get, get, get this team? We, the, the winner of the North Division, the All-Canadian Division, whoever it is after two rounds, we don't know who they're going to play. There will be four division winners, and then they will be seeded one through four. Based on their winning Based percentage. on their points, points or winning yeah. percentage from, from the regular season. So it's not like a normal year where the Pacific plays the Central and the Metro plays the East or Northeast or whatever they call it. It's it's just going to be one through four, and then that's, and, that's who you're going to play. And then I just asked you, and you told me that the North Division right now is fourth place of the four division winners. Now, it, it could be the right. fourth place team in the division wins, and their percentage isn't as high, but as of right now... The Leafs have the lowest points percentage of any division leader. So if right now, if they... The four division winners played. Played. The Leafs would be the four seed. Yeah. Right. Well, that's kind of cool. But that's, I mean, there's so, there's so. There's a few games between now it's, and it's then. It's so long between now <laughs> and then to talk about if the Oilers won the North Division, how would they do in the in the league semifinal? Well, they'd be doing pretty well, so they'd have a chance. <laughs> I mean, if you make the final four, you, you have a chance. You do. You're obviously playing well, that's incredibly your goal. well. That is your goal. Yes, but we, I mean, certainly, uh, yeah, but I, I think that, Probably whoever comes out of the North, and if you have to play uh, Vegas or Colorado or Carolina or or Tampa Washington, Bay, it's going to be. Well, are they big enough? Are they experienced mm-hmm. enough? I mean, no Canadian team has <laughs> gone on a long playoff run in a while. So if you're playing Tampa Bay, oh well, they won last year. Or if you're playing uh, Washington, oh well, they've won it before. If you're playing Boston, oh well, they've been good for the last 12, 12 years. So you know, it's. That that's, that is interesting, though. That probably whoever wins the North, and this is no knock on Toronto, Winnipeg, or whoever, but whoever wins the North would be the biggest underdog. Might be an un, will probably be an underdog in their yeah. semifinal. Oh, absolutely, they will. But that's why we play. Yeah, that's why we're excited because there will be a Canadian team yeah. in the final four. And again, just to remind everybody, it's April second. The league semifinal is going to start in the second week of June. Or maybe the third, third week of June. Th- so, well, <laughs> well, the way that uh, the the games are being canceled, we might have league games in June. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they're supposed to play Vancouver tomorrow. That's been postponed. Uh, who are the Canucks players here? Again, on the COVID protocol Is it list: Gaudet, Hamonic, Hughes, Holtby, Edler, McEwen, Roussel, and then a taxi squad player. I don't think they listed the name. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the NHL decides when they can start playing again. Because they, they're supposed to be next Thursday. April 8th. But it, it won't be that. And then they're here the 12th and 14th. And both teams have the 15th and 16th off, so they could have stuck tomorrow's game on the 15th. Well, they're not doing that if there aren't games on the 12th and 14th yeah, to begin it, with. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a weird time. And they know who the busiest man in the world right now is? The NHL schedule maker. I mean, the only somewhat of an advantage is is there's nothing else going on in a lot of the buildings no true i mean this this sir there are some teams that share with nba but here well i guess all the canadian teams there's no concerts and you're not sharing with a junior team i mean if if, if, the oil kings are playing 
over there. The practice in, ring. In the downtown community yeah. arena. You know, the oil, the uh, hitmen are playing at the the Seven Chiefs Arena, I believe it's called. So it's Yeah, it's not it's not location that's the problem. It's time. It's just finding Be- the days. Because when one team is off, it's because the other six teams are playing each other. So it, it I tell you that the computer dude that is doing the schedule, he must be just... He's drinking a lot now. Seriously, he's drinking. Oh, don't, don't put that out there, Rob. Well, there's rumors. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know who the guy is. Uh, somebody wrote about him today. I can't. Well, we won't say. We won't use it. <laughs> well, not 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 after I just threw that out about him. But uh, no, it's uh, it it's going to be the. I mean, this is what the NHL was fearing, but they also knew that it was a possibility. Uh, more so now in Canada, with uh, players down in the uh, in the states now can get vaccinations in a lot of states. Uh, I think in Arizona it's 16 and older, and Georgia it's 16 and older. So players are now getting it legally down in the states. So the it, that should stop, uh, hopefully, uh, the game cancellations in the states. But unfortunately, here in Canada, uh, it's not there yet, and we just hope that uh, first Vancouver gets healthy and that we don't have to see a lot of other teams have to deal with this yeah i mean it's it's tough it, it, it is tough and then i mean you, th- this is where you see the human part of hockey i mean usually you see them on they're your heroes or your stars or you enjoy watching them play but you forget that they're family people they've got wives and kids and parents and uh they get sick too and i just hope that uh, all the players in vancouver that this is an illness they get through quickly and they get back and healthy and it, it doesn't spread throughout their families and we get to see them back playing hockey sooner rather than later Connor McDavid gets the game winner. The Oilers beat the Calgary Flames 3-2. Get more on the game on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. So our next game broadcast is going to be Monday. They're back in Montreal. The face-off show is at 3.30. The game will start at 5. And, of course, Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here inside Rogers Place. And a big thank you to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer at the 630Ched Broadcasting Compound. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center, the Oilers 5-2 in the Battle of Alberta this year. Happy Easter. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.